Welcome to Flowcast by Trillium Flow Technologies, a podcast sharing expertise and insights on engineered valves, pumps, and actuators across power, oil and gas, general industry, and water and wastewater sectors. Tune in and experience the performance engineered difference. Hello and welcome to Flowcast, a podcast brought to you by Trillium Flow Technologies. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney, and today we are talking about Trillium product launches for 2024. Exciting conversation ahead. I am so pleased to bring on two great guests for this conversation. Sam Eccles is product director for Pumps Trillium Flow Technologies, and Ricardo Chichiri is engineering director at Trillium. Thank you both for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. And I want to start with a brief bio from each of you before we get started. Sam, starting with you, can you give us a little bit of your background, please? Yeah, of course. And thanks for getting us kicked off. So I've been in the rotating equipment and predominantly pump industry for my entire career. So around 17, 18 years, I've held roles with uh, three companies, including Trillium, where I've been for the last 18 months. And those roles have really been across commercial operations, quality, engineering and most recently product management. And Ricardo, what about you? Unfortunately, I'm older than Sam and I'm more than 25 years in the pump <laughs> business. Wonderful. So as I said, we're going to have an exciting conversation here because we just did the year in review was our last episode and now we are fully into 2024 talking about Trillium project launches. So where do we begin? Well, Sam, let's start with you. Tell us about the relaunched products. Thank you, Michelle. So we're, we're very excited because we've just crossed a, a very big milestone externally. We're at the very end of last year. We just relaunched our entire product portfolio for the horizontal pumps. So for all the overhung and between bearing sizes for our Gabionetta and our Thermo Mechanica Pompe or TMP for short um, brands. This has been a long journey for us, and this is something that was set out in April of 2022 when TMP became part of the Trillium Pump Group. And really, this was a, a purchase that always was very complimentary and was a very good fit. Gave us a phenomenal extension in terms of our service reach, our service capabilities, providers with one of the highest horsepower um, test beds within Europe, and immense levels of technical expertise and product IP. But what was very natural is you have two businesses that both have existed in a very similar space for over a century. There is some overlapping product and naturally some areas where they would compete with one another. And what we've really worked hard to do over the last 18 months or so is to take those products, understand where the strengths and weaknesses are, and make sure that we put forward one collective best offering to our customers. And that's across all of our overhung sizes. So what would be our OH2, OH3, and OH5? and our BB1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 product lines. And that amounts to a total of around 16 separate product lines that we've relaunched, and has been a phenomenal effort across the two businesses in Italy. Um, and it's really the first step on our transition to be, to be 1 trillion from a pump's perspective. And it's going to naturally flow that we move from this point with the horizontal product lines into the verticals. We have one of the strongest vertical portfolios in the industry. To give, to give the listeners some, some idea of scale, we have pumps that go down as low as a handful of cubic meters or less than one US GPM, all the way to concrete volume pumps that are over 70,000 meters cubed or in excess of 300,000 US GPM. So it's going to be a very, very exciting next step, and that's something that we're hoping to complete within the first half of 2024. 
not to mention we have a whole variety of R&D projects ongoing that we that we hope to be talking to you about as we launch throughout Q1 and 2 this year. Very exciting. And Ricardo, Sam mentioned about Gabionetta and TMP and you know those two brands. So why did the product lines need to be brought together? As a consequence of an acquisition like happened for Gabionetta with Thermomechanica, the product rationalization is something necessary, but it is also a huge opportunity. It is necessary because uh, we need to remove overlaps uh, on area on which maybe the two companies were used to be competitors up to a couple of years ago, and uh, to optimize the portfolio, reaching the best possible competitiveness. But uh, it is uh, also an extraordinary improvement opportunity. We were allowed to deeply analyze two different designs, compare them with customer needs, and decide the new integrated solutions, taking the best from both and trying to build a best-in-class product range. It is something difficult to achieve if not properly boosted by an M&A like happened us. So Sam, what will happen to the Gabionetta and TM? P brands going forward. I mean, obviously, this isn't something, you know, Ricardo just mentioned, it's difficult. It's not an overnight thing. You know, there's a lot of work kind of going on behind the scenes to to get us to this point. So what happens next? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great point and something that we spent a lot of time talking to our key customers and internal stakeholders about. And one of the things that was very clear is the brands are at the heart of everything we do. And we need to make sure and continue to invest in promoting those brands. So yes, things are under the Trillium umbrella, but everything is very much at a brand level. It's going to be about Gabionetta, it's going to be about TMP, it's going to be about Flowway, it's going to be about WSP and Wemco. Those core pump brands are not going to change and they are where we are going to go to market. And that was really for customer-driven reasons above anything else. If our customers go and look at their sites and look at the units that have been operating for sometimes in excess of 60, 70 years, those are the logos, those are the names, those are the brands that they will see on those nameplates. And that's where the value is, it's where the familiarity is, it's where the reputation, trust, and history of all these brands are. And that's something that we're very keen to preserve and, and build upon as we move forward. So we see these relaunches as very much reinforcing and enhancing those brands, and we're, we're certainly not trying to move away from those. As a follow-up to that, how do you choose which products were kept? So this this is one of the the hardest parts of, of this journey because you know it's very easy to talk about the upsides that we'll focus on, but there is always a, a very hard decision of if you prioritize everything, you prioritize nothing. So the hardest bit is what you're going to remove and what you're going to no longer take forward. And the only examples that we had really where that was an easy discussion is where one of the brands had a product and the other didn't. And that was very few and far between. So of the 16 in total, there were only three instances where we had that position, which was on the vertical um, inline OH3 and 5, and on the BB4 Tybalt multi-stage pump. For everything else, there was some level of overlap and some level of duplication. And we came to this with a few clear rules. The first one was that we were going to lose nothing from a customer perspective. And we mean that we're not going to lose anything in two ways. Firstly, that we're going to continue to support the legacy sizes. So if it's a size that's not taken forward as part of the new range, we will still support that from aftermarket, service, 
re-rate part supply from now until the end of time. And it's also a case that we may well realize we're still going to hold on to that IP. We may review, the market may change, we may bring some of those sizes in. This relaunch is not, we evaluate our range and it's done forever. This is a continual process of bringing new sizes in, removing sizes that are proving less popular and market demands are moving away from. And the second thing we mean by saying nothing's lost is that if uh, if someone is making a selection from a Gabionetta product and they then go in today and look at the combined portfolio and make a selection, the new selection has to be as good or better. And we're very confident we've done that because we spent a very, very long time over these last 18 months making sure we were reviewing these from the metrics that matter to the customer. So it's really about, from a performance point of view, we had a scoring criteria, so efficiencies, weights, head rise to shut off, NPSH. And within that grading criteria, we would then have things that would essentially act as a tiebreaker of do we have pattern equipment? Do we have pattern equipment in low-cost locations? And through all of this, we're able to form one very clear picture where we can say, this is our best offering. This is the best product that meets the customer needs um, to really drive us forward with a cohesive offer to the market. And Ricardo, an offshoot of that, because a lot of work, as Sam said, has gone into where we are now and, and bringing this to light and choosing which products. So ultimately, the end game is making the customers happy. So how does this help your customers? As already said, the, the product portfolio merger is a, an extraordinary opportunity to improve the product's quality, so to help our customer with more efficient and reliable products. So we started from the well-known Gabioneta and Thermomechanica products and from a market benchmark. So we are now able to off, always offer the best products to fit any customer needs, even on the most critical applications in terms of capacity, temperature, pressure, and so on, and and, and the fluid. Moreover, the shared R&D is having the unique opportunity to work on a huge hydraulic database, product of more than two centuries of histories of the two companies, from which we are building our own rapid, rapid design technology that will further increase our capability to always quote the best solution for each customer application. Sam, you alluded to this being a lot of work, uh, difficult uh, in a lot of different aspects of this endpoint here. So can you talk more about some of the challenges that you faced bringing this all together? No, absolutely, Michelle. And I, I think it's it's very hard to, to overstate how difficult a process it is. And the, and the overriding reason that this becomes difficult is you have two exceptionally strong companies that are very well-led, very strong technically, have been developing and refining their products for over a century each for a broadly similar markets, although there are some differences within the two that they target. And that naturally leads with, with difficult decisions to be made. And I'll maybe give two examples of that. If we look in terms of the hydraulic overlap, where you just have so many units that are covering the same, um, the same area of head and flow that customers are asking for, the OH2 product lines are a perfect example. We had hundreds and hundreds of pumps, which is 
far more than we need to cover that efficiently and in a lean manner. Um, and it was very, very difficult to decide which products to take and which to drop within that window because there are so much parts interchangeability within the designs. And also it's the most commoditized product line that both businesses make. So it's very hard to differentiate technically and between the Gabinetta and TMP offerings there. And that was a big, big challenge hydraulically and took a lot of time to get to a, a condensed range coverage map that's going to meet all the needs of the customers. So you want the minimum number to be lean and efficient, but you also want to make sure you have maximum coverage. And it's a real, it's a real balance because there's always a tendency to want to keep every size in to maximize your coverage. But we all know that for various reasons, that's not the best thing to do long-term for the business or for our customers. And then to give an example of where we maybe had some more detailed design challenge, the BB5 is a very good example. It's the opposite of the OH2. It's the most custom bespoke high technology unit that both, both plants sell. While vastly oversimplifying, and there are some exceptions to this, we have one plant that predominantly is going with, with a back-to-back -back approach and one plant that is going with inline impeller approach. What we want to be very clear on is both of the plants sell these products with great success. It is not a case of one is right and one is wrong. It's a very nuanced debate of when is one best and when is the other best. To actually get that to a granular level of a customer comes to us with a head, a flow, speed, which point do we pick when? And outlining these very key parameters of saying, this area is very clearly in line, this area is very clearly back to back. And there's this huge section in the middle where you can go either way and here are some of the guidance that would take you one way or the other. And it's about making sure that everyone has an open mindset, is open to pick one or the other, and that really we can explain to our customer why we've made this selection we have. And that needs to very clearly not be because we've always done it that way or because it's that's the product we have. Yeah, despite those challenges, I wanna take a look at the flip side now, the fruits of your labor. What is the most significant product improvement that's been made along the way? So I think, I think in terms of overall improvement, it's around, you know, the people and how it's transformed the approach in the business in terms of a specific product. I think I'd probably give a, an unusual answer to this, and it's probably the bearing housings that I think are the most significant as a result of this initiative. They're typically pumps fail for, for two reasons. It's either a bearing failure or a mechanical seal failure. They are generally the two that limit your mean time between failure, how long you can go between overhaul. There are obviously exceptions for various services, but at a high level, it's a true statement. So we spent a lot of time making sure that for the between bearing pumps, which make up the majority of, of the product lines we're relaunching, we have one common design. Historically, we had one design within Gabinetta and one within TMP. And if you look at a lot of our competitors, they will have one design almost within the product groups. So for BB2, 3, 4, and 5, often the bearings are not even interchangeable within those product lines. We've now made sure we have one rationalized design that is interchangeable within BB1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And obviously that's now shared across what would have been the Gabinetta and the TMP offerings. It's very often an overlooked part from a pump OEM as we make more bearing housings than we do pumps because by being between bearings, there are two bearings for every pump we sell. And there are more components within a bearing housing than there are in the rest of the pump. It's something that's neglected, overlooked, and viewed as a commodity. And we're trying to make this a differentiator for us. By having this standard design, you can only do that by standardizing on the interface. 
So your shaft diameters, your gland bolt has to be the same. All of these detail changes take a huge amount of work, but the benefits to us and our customers going forward are huge. We have an industry-leading, fully compliant variant housing that now has common components, which for us means we can save cost. For us means we can stock parts, we can pre-machine parts. It allows us to be a lot more clever in supporting customer need. But for our customers, it means we can be quicker and more responsive on spares. And it means when they order large groups of these package units, they need to hold less spare stock because so much of the components are interchangeable across trillion pumps. It also gives us the opportunity to improve our quality standards. So if we make a design change, we have one bearing housing design to modify. We don't have to modify 20 or 30 like some of our rivals and like we would have had to do just two years ago. And above that, it's given us something to to really position ourselves differently in the market. And we're going to be hopefully at the end of Q1, possibly early Q2. We've got some patent work that needs to be cleared first. And then we, we have something that we're hoping to promote, which is going to explain how we feel we're able to offer bearings that run at a significantly lower temperature than the rest of the offerings on the market. And it's something that we're very excited about because it directly translates to a customer benefit. Bearings running cooler will improve oil quality, will improve pump uptime, will improve pump service life. And it, it's going to be a very key launch for us when that part of this product is, is also over the line. Ricardo, what would you say has surprised you the most from this entire process? So this was a brand new process for most of us. So we had several surprises. But firstly, people. We had the opportunity to work with the highly skilled people coming from both locations and from the Trillium Corporate as well, all open to change and fully committed to the success of the integration project. Secondly, the products. Despite both company manufacturing pumps since last century, we found many different products and design peculiarity. Within this, I would like to mention uh, the thermomechanical concrete volume pumps, the BB4 for the power market, the high capacity BB1, and the ultra high power BB5 pumps with the sharing closing system. While looking at the Gabioneta portfolio includes the OH3 and OH5 pumps, horizontal and vertical pumps for molten sulfur, as well as a vertical ultra-high temperature molten salt application, but also high-efficiency BB3 pumps. Furthermore, there are the processes, completely different transactional and design processes to reach the same good results, but also different manufacturing approach, for example, on BB3 casing machining. So we had many surprises, many challenges, but first of all, many improvement opportunities. And that really is the good stuff. And that's why we're talking about these exciting launches. So let's end with this. What is next for Trillium Pumps? Now, oh, perfect. Thank you again, Michelle. So as we briefly mentioned at the start, the next big milestone for us is, is really split in two ways. We have the vertical rationalization of products, and this is going to be not just between Gabinetta and Thermomechanica Pompe, but also including some IP that we have within one of our service companies within Alloa in the UK, and also the Flowway business um, from the USA. 
So this is going to be a huge piece of work, but it's going to give very, very clear um, advantages to all of our customers. As there is an opportunity within all of our ranges that are very much tailored to different markets and end users, but we have a clear opportunity and clear gaps within the hydraulics of all of those that we're very confident we can fill with the IP we have in-house. And you know, as we mentioned, we have as much vertical pump design IP as any vendor globally. And we just need to make sure that we're sharing that across the group. And that's really going to be a, a key driver for our, our first half of the year. And then the R&D side, we have a number of projects that are underway that we're looking forward to launch. The first one people are going to hear about is, is the bearing housing um, improvement. And that hopefully when we can say more about that, give some background on what the patent is and hopefully share some of the R&D work that we've done on that initiative. And we think that's something that's not only going to provide benefit for OE applications as we sell new pumps into the market, but it also opens up a whole section of re-rates for existing bad actors in the field where we have pumps that are struggling with, with temperature control. A huge percentage of units that are out there are failing because they are struggling with bearings that are running too hot. And this solution that we we have the patent application already processed for, we think offers a really unique solution within the market. And we think that's going to be of interest to a lot of our customers and really help with some of those bad actors that they have. And then the, the last piece is that really builds us where we've, we build the foundation, we've brought the companies together, we've level set, and it's really then about building, growing, improving the product lines, really focusing on ramping up our investment on R&D and ultimately delivering delivering more to our customers and succeeding together. Looking forward to what the future holds for 2024. Sam Eccles, Product Director for Pumps for Trillium and Ricardo Chicheri, Engineering Director for Trillium. Thank you so much for being here. Congratulations on what you've accomplished so far because uh, a lot of hard work as we have heard, but really looking forward to see what happens for you in 2024. So appreciate your time today. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. And I want to thank all of you for listening to Flowcast, a podcast brought to you by Trillium Flow Technologies. And of course, you can visit trilliumflow.com for more information on what we've discussed today and uh, a lot more. So be sure to follow along for this podcast too, for the Flowcast podcast to hear more engaging conversations like the one you heard today. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. Thanks again for joining us. We hope to connect with you on another podcast soon. Thank you.